Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richards Cafe, TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes, ATB Painting, and Performance Food Group. Poor Richards Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richards Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. They specialize in making their facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. Not only that, there are no movement fees and there are no visitation restrictions. They are located near I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more information, you can call 469-400-7650. That is Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor of Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy and Taylor Raglan. On today's podcast, gentlemen, we're going to talk off-season football storylines. The the sun has set on the final high school football game, at least in our coverage area, Mm -hmm. on Saturday with Allen uh, having its season end in the state semifinals against Duncanville. So with this being the first week that uh, none of of us are prepping for a football game, let's let's look ahead. Let's look ahead to the off-season. A few of us. Obviously, all of our teams are now officially in off-season mode. So let's. Um, we're just going to go on. Um, you know, the three of us are going to give uh, give uh, some off-season takes on a couple of our teams, and then we're going to bring in Devin, uh, Justin, uh, Kendrick, and whatnot to round it out. We're each going to go on um, and give basically two takes per person, two teams. Obviously, we should focus on all fifty, but you know, we've only got so much time. So each of us are going to focus on two different teams as far as one pivotal off-season storyline that is on our radar. So let's start on um, Manoa. Probably some uh, some Plano ISD centric talk. It's a very pivotal yep. off season for Plano ISD. So Taylor, whether it's east or west, drop one of the uh, one of the off season storylines that is on your radar. I'll start with the big one. Um, you know, anytime a, a position opens up in PISD, yes. it's going to be a monster story. So Plano West, another zero ten year, two in a row, um, haven't haven't won a game. I think in twenty six is that officially the, the count games. now. So mm-hmm. uh, Scott Smith accepted another position within the district. He's out. Coaching search is underway. Um, should be wrapped up relatively soon. I think they're trying to. I mean. It's it's on the it's on the docket and definitely a priority um, and and something that they want to get done you know as soon as possible to to give the coach a full off season and and uh, have him kind of implement you know everything that he's going to do but I mean that's that's a huge storyline like yeah. I said anytime a PIC job opens up a head coaching job you know that's going to kind of dominate the the news cycle for PISD football and and it's a very critical juncture I think for the entire Plano West mm-hmm. program as well this isn't to me, it doesn't feel like a normal hire. No, it's not. Like a it's, hire. It is a huge hire yes. because you need. This is the the second biggest school in the state yes. in terms of you know student body and and how good this program could be, um, and and obviously it's just not there lately. So. I think the person that they choose to take the reins and, and try to get this thing, you know, steer back on the road and, and out of the ditch is is going to be huge because you can't you can't afford to mess this one up and go, you know, even 
you know, a one and nine next year. You can't afford that anymore at Plano West because it's it's time to if you're if you're going to write the ship on this program and get it going back the right direction, you need to find somebody that's capable of doing that soon. I mean, you look at McKinney with with Coach Shavers. Yeah. These things are possible. You know, if you find the right guy with the right you know combination of scheme and leadership and everything to come in and work with the personnel you've got, and I do think there's talent at Plano West. I think there's kids there that can play football. Yeah. So 500 um, uh, yeah, like, and it, it's it's just a matter yeah. of. You know, maybe a change of scenery, maybe a change of scheme, maybe a different identity. Who knows what it is? But you know, Gerald Brents and, and the PISD uh, administration need to figure it out because it's it's critical that they find somebody that can get this thing turned around quickly. I don't think it's a. I don't think it is hyperbole to suggest that this is one of, if not the most important hire that uh, Gerald Brents will make oh, yeah. during his tenure yeah. at PISC, just because this is such an uncharted, this is such uncharted mm-hmm. waters. Like you said, this is not a normal uh, normal coaching hire or program. The second largest high school in the state mired in a two-and-a-half-year losing yep. streak. You just, well, and who, even even just the circumstances aren't normal because, you know, a lot of times coaches leave, they mm-hmm. win, you know, four and six or three and seven. It's just not really working out, and it's time to take a new job. They're going somewhere else. This is not even that. This yeah. is like, this is dire straits, as bad as this program has probably ever been. Right. So it's... it's it's, it's very critical, I think, that they get this one right um, and, and figure out a way forward that, that includes some, some winning football. It has to be one that I think inspires just a greater sense of energy yeah. around the program yeah. and, a, and just something that's going to get kids wanting to play yeah. football at Plano West because we, you know, we cover the varsity level mm-hmm. you know, for, the, for all these high school sports, but we, you know, we kind of lose sight as to, you know, for a situation like this, there's a trickle-down effect. Oh, yeah. Because you have, to wonder, yeah, you have to wonder how you know the prospect of playing for Plano West football, yep. a program that hasn't won a game in two and a half years. If you're a uh, you know if you're a freshman at Shepton or something mm-hmm. like what's like how's that resonating with you? So it's got to be a hire that not just inspires an energy at the varsity level, but also one that gets kids at the lower levels yep. wanting to be part of this program. Because I mean, yeah, it's it's just it's because nobody likes to lose. No. <laughs> these all these kids are competitors by nature. Mm-hmm. You know, they're athletes. It's just that's how you're wired. So and you know if to be part of a uh, you know, maybe there's some something to be said for wanting to be the program that gets you back on track. But nevertheless, right now it is it is kind of a tough sell. You know, if you're trying to get mm-hmm. kids from the uh, you know from those the feeder system to want to be part of uh, of that tradition of Plano West well, that yeah. had in years past with the situation that they're in right now. So yeah, it's got to be one that really just does get everybody just reju- this rejuvenation yeah. and this want to to be a part of Plano West football because it's just it's such a it's such an unforeseen situation with what they're in right now. Well, it's it's big too because I think it's it's the subset of the student body and the system that that doesn't play football or hasn't played football for that long, that's kind of the part you need to energize because there are athletes out there and there are always going to be guys mm-hmm. that grew up playing football, you know, play football in middle school, play freshman football, JV football, that they just love to play football and they're going to play Friday Night Lights, high school football, no matter what. It's kind of the lower levels and the, like you said, the, the the guys that need to fill in those gaps because guys like Danny Davis, who quarterback team this year, he's got a lot of pride in Plano West. Mm-hmm. He wants to be, you know, he wants to come back and play quarterback again, you know, get him back on track, have a better season. I've talk to him about it that's that's what he wants to do but it's not about guys like Danny Davis it's about you know the other 21 guys and who's mm-hmm. going to fill in and, and like you said kind of you know energizing everybody from the ground up because right now like you said there's not a lot of 
incentive. And, and the simple fact is, the only way you get kids to want to play is to win football games and yeah. and have them want to be a part of that. Nobody wants to be a part of zero and twenty six. Yeah. It's just a it's, it's just a reality. You can't imagine that. I cannot imagine that these past two and a half years. You think of the players that have been around that program for so long, guys like Shamar Pearl mm-hmm. and whatnot, and how tough that must be just the day to day of kind of going yep. through with with that kind of that albatross hanging over you. It just well, it's it sucks. It's no because no yeah. kid deserves to go zero and ten. No, yeah. that's just that's not what the high school sports are about and whatnot. But it's it's a tough spot that Plano West finds itself in. It sounds like you know to their credit that they're treating this coaching search with a little bit more diligence yeah. and whatnot, which they should. Um, but um, yes, nevertheless, a very very key offseason storyline whenever the state's you know second largest high school mm-hmm. is uh, is open for business in uh, in football. Uh, Brian, let's uh, touch base on one of uh, one of your one of your markets. What is a what is one offseason storyline that's on your radar? So there was a team similar to Plano West last year in mm-hmm. Frisco. Yeah. They went 0-10, and, um, and things weren't looking good. You know, like I said, the morale was low. They People were saying that, you know, the raccoons belonged in the trash and just all making 0-10 T-shirts. They yeah. were the laughingstock of Frisco, a team that had been in the playoffs year in and year out over why, the last... Why are people so mean? <laughs> kids are mean. No, even, I heard, like, even teachers were cracking jokes at kids. Oh, you know, out of fun, but, like, still, that's not fun. When you're 0-10, like, these, at the end of the day, these are still kids. Yeah. And, you know, Frisco, they turned it around this year. Mm-hmm. And that, that was one of the top storylines in, in general uh, in the area and, and on the gridiron, uh, not just in Frisco, but it, you know, in the entire area, you know, turning it around, going 7-5, and five, winning a playoff game. But now they have to you know, find a new head coach yep. of their own. Coach Vance Gibson, mm-hmm. he's heading back to the college ranks. He's going to East Texas uh, Baptist University. Uh, to join Brian Maper, a guy he used to coach with back in the day uh, in college, and then he brought him to Frisco for a couple years a decade ago, and then now Maper kind of reeled him back into to the mm-hmm. college rankings. And Gibson, he's going to go coach the secondary uh, defensive backs, uh, and he's excited about it. You know, he's he's excited about just being a football coach and not being an athletic coordinator, doing all these right. extra extra things that these you know football coaches, high school football coaches, have to do. And he he left on terrific terms. You know, he could have left last year. He mm-hmm. told me when they were 0-10, he said it wasn't the right time. You know, that, that you know, obviously that would have looked terrible in many aspects. And then he turned the, the program around. And, you know, he was with the team. He was all in. The, the mm-hmm. slogan coming into this year, they were all in. And that included Gibson coming back, you know, after an 0 He didn't have to come back after an 0-10 season. And he, you know, all the kids bought in. He bought in. The coaching staff bought in. Make the playoffs. Win a playoff game after going 0-10 the year before. Mm-hmm. And now he's riding off into the sunset. You know, he's leaving. That's that's really the best way to go. You know, my, except for winning a state title. You know, that right there, turning that program around in just a year. You know, what better way to uh, to to go out? But now I I have no idea yeah. who who's going to replace him. Does uh, it mean uh, no more wing T? That's, that's we <laughs> yeah. talked about that the other day. You know, this that offense, that style they run at, at Frisco. That's all you think when I think of Frisco, yeah. Frisco high school football. That's that's it. The you're wing like, T and fr- the Frisco Raccoons. You're like, which one of these four guys lining up and going in motion is going to yeah. run the ball on this play? And is, are they still going to implement that? Or are they going to, you know? You know, with the proliferation of spread offenses, yeah. and are I mean, they, are they, the wing tee was it's such a it's such a relic in today's yeah. in today's game. Now, if they promote a guy from within yeah. the the program, then maybe they'll keep it. Or if they bring in a guy, you know, somewhere else, and then you know, the the coaching staff say, hey, this has been working. This is what we do here. Maybe it'll 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 still be cemented in the program. But that'll be another interesting thing to, to monitor. Who's going to be the next yeah. coach at first guy and. 
Will will they? Uh, will Frisco join twenty eighteen? Will be a, a, a completely clean Will they slate. hit double digits in passing? <laughs> yeah. Will they throw the ball more than ten times? Just the idea of a Frisco quarterback landing up in the shotgun is going to be wait what? Yeah. What am I watching? What are we doing? Pig will start yeah. flying by. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I'll um, let's see. Let me talk about one of my schools. Um, I'll go Plano with this one. Um, Plano senior fresh off a five and five season. They tied for fourth place in District Nine Six A. Lost out on a head to head tiebreaker to McKinney for that last playoff spot. Um, this uh, this upcoming season for Plano is going to be interesting just because at quarterback, you're going to have something that you haven't had there since really like 2011, and that is the potential for a multi-year starter. Mm -hmm. Um, You look at um, kind of the the running trend with Plano is that for the past six seasons, they've begun the year with a new starting quarterback. It's not a a program that has been able to get in a a player that they've been able to kind of mold through, you know, have them get some reps as a sophomore, then have them start as a junior, as a senior and whatnot. Well, um, there's a potential for that this coming season because Oliver Towns is um, you know, is the projected heir apparent to uh, to Cole Winnette. Mm-hmm. and um, you know Oliver Towns. He was a guy that, like it was kind of a you know Winnett was always the starter, right. but all I mean, Coach McCollum made it a point to get Oliver Towns, oh, yeah. you know, some reps throughout the course of the season. It was a player that you know he always had a lot of you know a lot of you know mm-hmm. praise for Oliver Towns and the progress that he was making to the point where like even though Winnett was the starter, you're thinking, well, I mean, okay, but is it easy the starter? Or is it more of just kind of like a one A one B sort of thing? It almost was for a while. It was, yeah. and then Winnett separated himself at the end of the season. You know. And Wynette played his best ball down the home stretch, mm-hmm. and Plano was, uh, you know, went on its late three-game winning streak. But um, Oliver Towns, you know, he showed some flashes of brilliance mm-hmm. throughout the year. Looking over his numbers, you know, he he threw for three sixty-six, two touchdowns, um, you know, an almost sixty percent completion percentage. He's mobile, as Plano's had in mm-hmm. that position for uh, for several years now. You know, he, he had forty-four rushing yards and two touchdowns. So um, he did. He he's going to come in, you know, but it won't be a shock to him because he has played yeah. not just like garbage time reps, but he did play meaningful varsity snaps in the first half I against saw a number lot of one him defenses. Against, um, Plano East. Mm-hmm. He, he played a lot in that game, and I was I was pretty impressed with him in that one. So, yeah. and there were times when it looked like he and Winnett were, were dead equals mm-hmm. as far as who was the more productive quarterback. So it'll just be interesting just to see that from Plano's standpoint, because like I said, you'd have to go all the way back to 2011 when mm-hmm. uh, when Richard Lego was their quarterback for the last time that they uh, they had a multi year starter. All the way back to 2013, when the last time that they had a player who wasn't a senior begin the year as their starting quarterback, and that was Mitch Hansen back in 2013. And I do think that there's something to be said for that because you. Look Look at players like some of the other quarterbacks in District 96A. Um, you know, like we just got the all district list, and if you look at the quarterbacks that have either won superlatives or made the first team, you know, guys like Grant Tisdale, Brandon Mallory, Keegan Shoemaker, Robert mm-hmm. Prosper, what do they all have in common? They're all multi year starters. So mm-hmm. I think there is something to be said for that. You know, to his credit, something that will ease that transition for uh, for Towns next year will be the uh, they'll still have a great backfield, most likely, even though Kyron Cumbie graduates, there will be a, a natural handoff from uh, from Kyron Cumbie to, uh, to Tyler. Hines, as far as the as the big play, you know, mm-hmm. punch out of the backfield. Tylen Hines and Cody Christ will be entering his third year on varsity. They will, um, you know, they will helm the backfield. Uh, Tylen Hines, who was named the uh, you know the district's offensive newcomer of the year, mm-hmm. averaged ten yards a carry, just like just like uh, Kyron Cumbie's done in previous years. Uh, Tylen Hines who had seven hundred and eighty yards, and nine touchdowns, and every bit the big play punch that Plano has come become uh, accustomed to out of the backfield. So that'll help ease the transition. But um, nevertheless, yeah, a situation that Plano's quarterback spot hasn't been in in, uh, in quite some time. Uh, let's see, Taylor. What is uh, let's speaking of PISD? Let's yeah. have to look at old Plano East and a team that could have a very very different look to it. Next oh, year. it will. It's not could have. It will. I mean, if you just run down the list of of seniors that are leaving Plano East, mm-hmm. I mean, Brandon Mallory, Jalen Anderson, Braylon Henderson, Josh Bogowski, Zach Wachuku, Jalen Brown. Like you could just go on on both sides of the ball, but especially on offense, you graduate the entire receiving core. Mm-hmm. You graduate. 
pretty much the area's leading passer all year in Brandon Mallory. You bring back Trey Jones Scott yeah. in your backfield, so you do have that one piece of consistency, but you know, it's 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 going to be very interesting to see what they do on offense, to see if they kind of mold their offense in a different way because they're losing so much in their passing mm-hmm. game. They're they're graduating their entire passing game. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just how you have to look at it. They're graduating everyone. Um, so you bring Jones Scott back. It's going to be interesting to see if you know they 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 go toward a different look on offense mm. and, and build it more around him and has his athleticism because he's very athletic oh, he's yeah. very capable oh, yeah. he's very underrated as far as just a pure athlete in the district because they had so many weapons and they had so many other directions to go with the football and the passing game especially um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of load he's asked to mm. carry next year um, and, and what he's asked to do but you know on the defensive side of the football too like I said Jalen Brown in the middle uh, that defensive line is going to be gone Josh Bogowski is going to be gone that's secondary um, Jake Hart Tyler Owens. I mean, I didn't even mention Tyler Owens. He's going to the University of Texas. So they, yeah, it's 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 going to be a very new look Plano East football team, and it's almost um, you know if you're a fan of Plano East, it's it's pretty disappointing, I would think, this year because you know you win eight games for the first time in a dozen years. You have a great season, but there's always going to be you know what might have been with this group and this offense and the caliber of uh, players that they had back there, especially Brandon Mallory. That dude was so consistent all year long. Um, pretty much every game, he had you know a bevy of wide receivers to throw to. They could all make plays. Um, the defense, especially in the first half of the season, was lights out. So it's just it's going to be very different. I mean, th- there's really no other way to put it. They're graduating a lot, and and you know Joey McCullough, you know, in, in my talks with him a little bit before the holidays, you know, he's he's excited about what they're bringing back. Um, he thinks that you know obviously there's talent coming up. There's some younger guys, there's some JV guys, some juniors that. You know, played a lot on varsity. Some guys that that were forced to play, especially on defense because of injury. I mean, that's maybe one positive. Yeah. Especially, you know, the linebacker core. There's a lot of youth there that was forced into action because they had so many injuries. So, there's guys coming up, but at the same time, it's going to be a completely different Plano East team next year, and it's it's going to look 100 percent different. How about you, Brian? One more offseason storyline before I let you go. You know who else is going to look pretty different? Frisco Reedy. Ah, yes. Speaking of powerhouse. So, yeah, 13-1 season. They ran into Toledo. I think that that game right there was the real state championship game. Um, But, you know, they're losing Josh Foskey, three-year starter. Mm -hmm. They're losing Nolan Matthews, their star tight end. He's going to Arizona State. Mm -hmm. They're losing Bennett Meekham, another star receiver that Foskey had a good connection with. They're losing three of their key offensive linemen, uh, a couple of which are going off to play college football. Um, they do get back Nate Anderson, big six foot four uh, monster at right tackle. He was he was a beast this year, but you know they're losing some of those guys. Um, they do they and they lose some a lot of their defensive line. Uh, Trevor Jones, Clay Patterson, Matthew Hoots, all all district selections. Matthew Hoots was defensive MVP. Mm-hmm. How do you replace those guys? Granted, you get Will Harbor back. <laughs> you know we all know about Will Harbor, but that'll be interesting to see. And another team in Frisco, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention them, Lone Star. They have a lot of pieces coming back. They have, it's quite the opposite for them. Okay. They have Julian Larry coming mm-hmm. back. They have Marvin Mims coming back. A lot of their defense, their entire linebacking core, which was the strength of this team. They have Nick Bolton's younger brother, Noah Bolton, who was a sophomore this year. He was newcomer of the year at cornerback. He's coming back uh, as a junior. They, you know, Coach Rayburn's telling me he's got he's got what it takes. If he could just beef up just a he's got little the Bolton bit. jeans. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He, he's got the Bolton blood, is what he said. <laughs> and so, I mean, they lose guys like Trey Taylor and I. Pair and other key guys that have been a staple to this program. Um, I know I'm missing some guys too, but 
I think Lone Star is poised for an even bigger year now that Julian Larry has that year of, of varsity experience at quarterback under his belt. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if Lone Star can continue to rise and re, re, you know retain that dominance, and if Reedy will maybe take a step back, depending on you know what they get from the quarterback position and, yeah. and offensively losing so much offensive firepower. It's also worth noting that district could have a very different look to it next year. I'm speaking to seven five eight okay. division two. Oh yeah, it's not just Josh Foskey that graduates. Everybody. Ryan Depperschmidt at Lake Dallas he graduates. Carson Collins at yep. Lovejoy he graduates. Um, and then you couple that with like the expected strides the programs like Memorial and Lebanon yep. Trail will make in their. Chris goes coaching search, and who knows what what they're yeah, going to look yeah. like. Mm-hmm. That district in general yeah, cause is because Lake Dallas loses. This is one of the yep. one of the biggest senior classes that they've ever had graduate. They're kind of Plano East like. Yeah. I mean, they, except for Brandon Engel, who does yeah. it all and is another. He's kind of in the Jones Scott role, mm-hmm. just super athlete. Who knows where they're going to put him? But it could have a very different look to that. We, we could see year, three up, you know, three different playoff teams next year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Princeton or Denison. Denison's always a strong. Denison, team. I think Denison. I'll go on the record. I think they make playoffs because I've yeah. seen. I saw them play this year. They're young, but they're very talented. And they I beat think Frisco. They're, yeah, and Frisco is the second seed. They're so, going to be I mean, very good. Can, yeah, and Memorial. I've heard, I'm hearing that Memorial they could be, you know, a, a potential team like Reedy and make a, a huge leap. Maybe not this season, but in that third year. Yeah. And so two years from now, be a, you know, be a team making making the playoffs and making some noise. Who knows? Mm-hmm. With all that talent up there in Frisco, so. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's close out with a uh, with one more school on my docket, and of course, it's the team that just had their season end yep. just uh, just a couple days ago. Let's talk uh, Allen. Allen, fresh off a, a fourteen and one season, another appearance in the uh, in the state semifinals, only the third loss that Allen has suffered since October of two thousand twelve. Wow. Are they all in the state semis? Is all right? in the state semis, yeah. Yep. Westlake, the Woodlands, and now Duncanville have been yep. the only three that have befelled uh, Allen. And what was that stat of double-digit losses? Now it's, uh, yes, 127 consecutive games since Allen has last lost a game by double digits. Wow. All the way back to September 2008. They looked for a minute Trinity. like... They were down 21 yeah. and a half, yeah. yeah. They, uh, yeah, they did the Allen thing and rallied and won the second half as mm-hmm. they are one to do. Um, but yes, another another great season for Allen. But let's um, let's kind of look ahead to what is in store for Allen. Kind of as I was talking about with because um, Allen graduates a lot of kids too. Yep. I was just looking over the uh, looking over the um, you know that depth chart. And yeah, they I mean they lose a lot up front. You know, mm-hmm. four of their five um, you know starting offensive linemen, only the left tackle Donovan Ford, it, you know, is projected to return. They lose a lot up front on defense too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's Allen. They're always a very senior heavy team. It feels yeah. like especially on defense. So it's nothing. New there, um, but just like I was at Plano, you know, I'm going to be monitoring the quarterback situation mm-hmm. because it's the quarterback situation at Allen. Obviously, some very high-profile players have occupied that mm-hmm. post in years past, and with uh, with Grant Tisdale, um, as much as as much as was placed on his shoulders, you know, these past two seasons, um, with him set to graduate, um, it's now going to kind of be open season to see who uh, who fills that spot. And if you're look- looking strictly at the depth chart right now, you look at a player like Raylan Sharp, mm-hmm. who got more experience, I would say, than maybe any. Backup quarterback oh, yeah. in the state, maybe with the exception good of like, doing it, man. yeah, with the exception of maybe like you know North Shore or Duncanville or whoever. I mean, because obviously you know Allen played, you know Allen won every game in the regular season by at least like mm-hmm. three, four touchdowns. You know their starters did not play a full four quarters ever during the regular season, and as such, you know usually about midway through the third quarters when they would start funneling in the backups, and that's when you got to see Raylan Sharp do his thing. And just in his mop up duty, I mean, here were his numbers on the year: he completed seventeen of twenty four passes, so over seventy percent. You know, 380 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. On the ground, 
He ran for 640 yards on <laughs> almost 14 yards a carry yep. and 12 touchdowns. So Allen's backup quarterback finished fourth overall on the team in total touchdowns. Well, and I think uh, we had this conversation, I think, after the Plano East game. Mm-hmm. He might have been the third best quarterback in that district. <laughs> Under Tisdale and Mallory, yeah, like, I mean, there, there's, a, there's wow. an argument for how talented he is and where he would play, you know, if he didn't go to Allen, where he would start. I mean, I think he starts at, obviously, West, Plano. I mean, yeah. it's it's pretty amazing sometimes when you really just, I mean, you hear about it all the time, but that Allen talent pipeline is always pretty amazing to, to behold. So, so as denoted through those rushing numbers, he is a dual threat quarterback, and that was, like, that was the one thing about, like, Allen garbage time that made, like, it still worth watching because mm-hmm. he was, you were almost guaranteed that he was going to have at least one run of, like, 40, right. 50 yards. Yep. And the only the only time when you've ever heard the uh, the name Kyler Murray uttered in the press box was when Raylan Sharp would take off mm-hmm. on a run because he did have that kind of just playmaking ability. He's a hurdler for the track team, so mm-hmm. he has that kind of speed. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. He did actually get, um, you know, so I mentioned he only played in mop-up time for most of the season. There was the game, if you were looking at what kind of how his skill set might project over an approximation of, you know, a full game. He did. Um, he didn't start against Plano West, but Allen played at starters mainly for one quarter. Right. So he got to play the second and third quarters against Plano West, and he obviously, you know, he played very, very well. He finished that game, you know, seven of ten, 148 yards, mm-hmm. touchdown, eighty, you know, eighty-two rushing yards, three touchdowns. Um, so yes, definitely an element of of explosiveness mm-hmm. there at the quarterback position that Allen, you know, will have to consider as they as they look for the the heir apparent to Grant Tisdale. There's him, you know. There's there's Taylor Green, mm-hmm. a sophomore that got called up to to varsity for the F of the playoffs. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, I mean, there's a lot that's been placed on the quarterback position in years past for Allen. So, very, very, a very pivotal decision awaits the uh, the Eagles as they embark on their uh, on their off season. And um, with that, obviously, we've still got a uh, you know three other guys on staff that have some off season takes for um, you know for the Denton County schools, for McKinney, for East Dallas County. So, we will let uh, let Justin, Kendrick, and Devin take the reins in a moment after a word from this sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, ATD painting has you covered. They have four locations in the Metroplex, including Plano and Louisville. You can call 972-694-8888 for more information, or you can visit their website at atdpainting.com. That is ATD painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Well, welcome back. We did a little line change here, so um, got three new faces joining you for the second half. Uh, Kendrick Johnson, our McKinney reporter, and Devin, our Mesquite and Rowlett reporter. Sports and editor. <laughs> the sports editor, and Devin Hassan, our Rowlett and Mesquite guy, and of course, uh, Justin Thomas with the Denton County programs. So, uh, JT Money. <laughs> Gentlemen, we're going to continue talking about some off-season storylines here in football. So, um, I guess Kendrick, you want to start with you? I think you have a uh, got a hot one. I got uh, yeah. the, probably one of the hottest jobs in um, the state right now is the opening at uh, McKinney Boyd. First time the job's been open since the school opened, as they'll be looking for the second coach in the program's history. Coach Don Drake recently res- resigned after going nine and twenty-one in three seasons. So I have no idea. I talked to athletic director Sean Pratt. He said they're not making no decisions to early next year. Yeah. He's going to go on vacation, so I have no idea we'll who's going to pop up. see what else opens see, up. Anybody can pop up because yeah. um, this is the second time since I've been covering McKinney that they had a coaching search last year. Coach Marcus Shavers 
for my knowledge, he came out the blue and he led the Lions to the playoffs in the first year. So McKinney knows what they're doing. They're hiring coaches because that team had the talent of some some five A schools, yeah. and they got better and better each week. Got to the playoffs for a second year in a row. So whoever the new coach is going to have some big shoes to fill because Boyd's been down for the last three years, and they're definitely thirsty to go back to the playoffs. Do you, have they given any indication? Do you think it might be somebody in house that's going to get a promotion up there? Or do you yeah, think get gonna, any indication? Yeah. I, I think there's a, a, a from what I gather there's some people that you wouldn't think that would be interested big name people from around the state that are interested in this position so I think it's going to be somebody big name that's not even from this area because if, if, if they're taking their time on this chances are they're looking they're doing yeah. statewide I think that back, it's going to be a big name they could be from this area I don't even know who the big name but it's going to be a bigger name than what you would think yeah. that's going to be interested so that's why um, uh, I don't think it's going to be in house but it's going to be a big name I just don't know who he, who he is or where he's coming from but he's going to have somebody that's going to have some legit skins on the wall Devin what are you looking at? Any coaching changes for you? Or are you no coaching diff- yeah. as of now? You not <laughs> you know. <laughs> I guess we should, we can see what happens yeah, here in the next couple of weeks. Same boat for me so far. So. Because you know how those things work. It's it's a domino effect. Yeah, and, definitely. You know when when they have these big high profile jobs open. You know when yeah. you, got, you know it, it just trickles down. But uh, I guess one storyline I'm looking at uh, starting first with ten six eight is our um, Saxy and Rowlett coming back to the pack. Or better, I guess a better way to say it is all the other teams' programs catching up with them. Um, I mean, it seems silly to say about a Saxy team that's gone undefeated in district the last three years, but those games have been getting more competitive. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Rowlett's been right there with them as a clear number two in in Garland ISD, but programs like Lakeview, programs like um, Naaman Forest have made the playoffs here in recent years. Um, Garland, uh, by all accounts, has some very good sub varsity teams. South Garland's numbers are growing. That's I think what, that's one of the big things to keep an eye on. Is two three years ago, Saxony and Rowlett had by far the two largest enrollments in Garland ISD. Yeah. And you know the bigger the talent pool, obviously the, the better chances you have of, uh, of building that depth that, that a six A program needs. Well, here in the last few years, that enrollment gap is narrowed to where all the Garland ISD teams are kind of on e- uh, equal playing field in terms of number of students going. So again, Saxony and Rowlett are still strong. Freshman JV this past year, Saxy went undefeated in their freshman team. Also won the JV uh, championship, I, uh, I believe. But those other programs are somewhat catching up, and I think it's going to, you know, I think it's going to be a lot more evenly played um, as we kind of kind of go in these uh, in the next two three years. The first thing I'm looking at is I'm very intrigued to see what happens with uh, the Colony next season. Um, they obviously had a big time year this year, uh, winning the district title, undefeated in district, got that big win over Lone Star. You know, unfortunately, they got upset in the first round by Timberview of the playoffs there. But, um, you know, you look at the Colony and you think this is a team that's going in the right direction. You know, they've made the playoffs six years in a row. And then you look at what they have in the skill player department and you figure they're going to just be able to pick right back up next year with Mikey Harrington coming back for his third year starting under center. You know, Miles Price, do it all. District MVP, Keith Miller, the uh, Former Texas Tech commit uh, just just <laughs> backed out of that commitment uh, after receiving a Kansas offer and has opened up his recruiting. Um, you know they have a guy Wade Simmons who Coach Marengel thinks could be the heir apparent. You know in their ground and pound attack for Jaden Abdallah. So you gotta see Miles Price. That kid's special. Yeah, he's incredible. So it looks like in, you know when you look at the skill players, this team's going to be loaded. But then you turn around and you say this is a team that graduated 15 All District players. Including the big thing, graduated five all-district offensive linemen. So they're going to have an entirely new offensive line. They're going to have seven new uh, starter or graduated seven all-district players defensively, including three linebackers. So um, 
I know the Colony's sub-varsity teams have been very good over the past couple of years, and you know Coach Rangel has kind of been looking forward to these next couple of years. So I know there's talent coming, but man, replacing five offensive linemen, especially in that offense, yeah, especially the way that offense operates, that's going to be a big uh, task for them. So I'm interested to see how they come along, uh, in particular in the front front seven on defense and the and the offensive line on offense. Kendrick, anything else you're looking at? Um. Definitely looking forward to see what happens in year two and McKinney under Marcus Shavers. Like I said, they made a surprise playoff run this year. It'd be year two in their system, and they're already like they're trying to build a program. So it'll be interesting to see how McKinney responds in year two, knowing what the, to expect. So I think the, the the joke was on the district last this year because yeah, nobody thought they were good. They were really three points away. The, probably the surprise team in the district. Uh, without a doubt, because they were three points away from sweeping the Plano schools. They beat their crosstown rival boy for the first time in nine years, and they also beat Jesuit. So they definitely things yeah. are looking up. Devin? Yeah, you know, I don't have any, as of now, any coaching changes, but I've had coaching changes recently, and um, I'm really interested in the turnaround uh, aspect of it. And there is talent in Mesquite ISD. And sometimes it just takes a shakeup at the top with a new staff to come in and mm-hmm. kind of bring some, you know, fresh energy in that. You look at some of the other programs, you know, West Mesquite made the playoffs twice in their first 24 years. Coach Mike Overton comes in, they made it nine years in a row. You know, Horn had never made the playoffs until 2008. Rodney Webb comes in, they haven't, made, they haven't missed the playoffs since. Yeah. You know, Poteet obviously was the, is the, the big one that the team in 2009 goes 0-10. Randy Jackson comes in, new coaching staff comes in, they go to the state semifinals the next year. Yeah. So, you know, there is talent in these programs. It just tries to take some, you know, kind of get to get pointed in the right direction. You saw that with Mesquite under the second year under uh, Jeff Fleener. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a rough go of it last year, uh, or two seasons ago, I should say. Uh, they go one and nine. He made a commitment. He basically flat out said we weren't strong enough, we weren't physical enough, mm-hmm. and they put the uh, commitment in in the offseason in, in the weight room, and it showed on the field. They go out, they go five and five this year. They return to the playoffs for the first time in, in five years and I'm really interested to see if that uh, if he can kind of take that next step build off that momentum because there are there is some young talent in place uh, quarterback Dylan McGill was is a dual threat kid who really came on uh, started off in a rotation this year but won the starting job uh, and just a dynamic player uh, Ladarius Turner the running back led the district in rushing uh, they got some guys on defense Jackson Turner on the line Jaden Brown at linebacker Gary Green in the secondary these are young guys to build around uh, talented pieces that proved themselves this year so I want to see if Coach Fleener and that staff and then the Skeeters can kind of make that next step toward being a perennial playoff team mm-hmm. like they were before. Going hand in hand, North Mesquite is going to be going to that same transition. This was their first year under Tim Cedar. Had some bright spots early on. They go 3-7. and seven. They were able to get a district win um, you know, under their belt, but they're kind of where Mesquite was last year. We didn't really know. There were so many questions marks about Mesquite coming off that one win. So many personnel decisions that had to be made. We didn't really know who they were going to be leaning on. That's the position North Mesquite is in. But again, this was a powerhouse program in the 80s. This was a powerhouse program in the 90s. They were ranked number one in the, in the country um, mm-hmm. at one spot in the mid-90s. So there's program in that. Uh, there's talent in that program. Uh, so I want to see if, just like Mesquite did this past year and kind of taking that next step up, if North Mesquite can do the same thing next year the other thing i'm looking at is um you know coming into this season we had these podcasts and we were talking about you know how different teams were going to look you know you had clayton toon moving on from hebron after three years starting you had brady mcbride leaving Capel after three years starting and lots of uncertainty for uh, the teams i cover under, at the quarterback position coming into the year well next year it's going to be the complete opposite between the um five teams that I cover that are in District 66A as well as the Colony. Only one of those teams is going to have a new starter 
that's going to be that's going to be Louisville. They're going to lose AJ Newsom to graduation. But even when you look at the Farmers, you know the way they the way their offense runs and operates. You know AJ was only a guy. He only threw about 15 passes a game. So it's not like uh, the whole offense there at Louisville was built around his arm. You know a lot of his contributions actually came with his legs and stuff. But then you look at the other schools, you know, in 5A you have the Colony and you have Mikey Harrington, so he's going to be having his coming into his third year as a starter. Carson Harris is going to be back at Hebron as for his second year after replacing Tune this year. Yeah, no changing bridges to throw too. Yeah, no changing bridges <laughs> anymore. But, uh, he showed he could do some things with his legs and arm as well, so I think he should only get better. Um, you know, Blake Short's going to be in his third year starting at Flower Mound. Coppell's going to have Drew Sternelia back if, um, if that's how they uh, opt to go. You know, they juggled a little bit this year, but uh, he'll be back. And then Marcus has uh, Nussmeyer back after, uh, you know, pretty much being their main quarterback this year. So, um, As tight as that district was this year, yeah. coming down to the last, you know, week, that's that's a huge advantage for all yeah, those teams. absolutely. And, you know, some of these guys were transfers, too, that came in late last year. So just all those guys, that stability, a whole offseason and with uh, you know stability under the court at the quarterback position, I think is something that's going to benefit all these teams. And since I got Devin here, it's going to be interesting to see how that division uh, one seven five eight shakes out. Because like this year, that did that travel made a big difference, bigger than what people thought. Yeah, I mean it's it's because you know those teams play way better at home than they did on the road. Like the part the the outlier of all outliers is North against Sherman. They still don't know what happened to this day in, in that game. Man. They just know that <laughs> they're looking forward for them to come back here, come down to McKinney next year. But that made that's how big of a difference that travel made. That's just an hour ride. Well, and, and it depends. I and I you know obviously I don't have everybody's schedule in front of me right now, but uh, you're going to have years where you might get lucky. You might have John Tyler at home and Texarkana. Texas is high at home, and you don't have to make those extreme road trips. I mean, you, you still have to go to Sherman. You still may, like, you know, from the mesquite standpoint, you still may have to go out to McKinney. But you know, I think the two big ones are, as far as our local teams are concerned, are the Texarkana and John on Tyler. You look at it from those teams' perspective; they're having to pretty much come to the Metroplex every, every week, other week, every other week. So um, it was a factor, like I say, sometimes, it, and that could you know catch a break. Maybe you get. You know, the, both the East Texas schools at home during the course of the year, and that may be, you know, a difference in one win, and that one win may be the difference between making the playoffs or not. You saw what happened this year because um, Sherman got that win and ended up getting the tiebreaker because a lot of people thought West Mesquite was going to get in, and they got that last five. Yeah, yeah. It came down to a three way tie, and it came down to the points, and, um, you know, sometimes the thing, those things happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, I think that's about to wrap it up. Thanks, you guys, for uh, tuning in to another edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, and we will see you back later this week. Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. They deliver more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. Their McKinney office is currently hiring Class A CDL drivers, order selectors, and many other entry and part-time positions. For more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com slash careers, or you can call 214-491-3130. That is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. 
Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.